This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Thanks for taking the ride with us right here on the Outdoor Drive. This is episode 223 with your host, East Coast Trev, and my good buddy, Mr. Madman Mardik. What up? What up, buddy? Just grinding. I know, dude. The season's almost over. It's kind of crazy, and it's, it was like a snap of the fingers, and it just was like here, gone, and like if I could, I would like take the genie in the bottle, rub it a couple times, and say, I'll take back September 1st, I think is what I would do. <laughs> By September 1st? Just just to bring it back to season. Start it back over. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a horrible thing. I mean, even though, like, you know, we look forward to shed season and seeing who made it through the season, so on and so forth. Like Turkey season? Uh, There's always turkey season. Turkey season yeah. is always on the mind, my friends. I mean. I, yeah. I still like grinding the end of the season, though. And the main reason is, dude, it's going to be over real soon. And when it's over, you got to wait all year for it to come back. I know. So get it while you can, because in a couple of weeks, you're going to be wishing you could go. I mean, you figure, so it'll be, it's like 15 days for us, 16 days for us, and it's done and over with, bro. Right. Less than two weeks. Like, it's done and over with. No more mm. season. It's crazy, though. It feels like it was just yesterday. You know, we had some of the greatest hunts that we've ever had. I mean, it's just, you know... As far as putting ourselves in the right position and seeing bucks and, you know, missing bucks and whatever the case may be <laughs> as far as me. But, like, it is what it is, bro. It's just on to another season and it just keeps, yeah. you know, those 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 episodes of just telling the story full-fledged just keeps on coming, bro. I mean, it's it's – I always said it after, like, the 10th or 11th, even, even maybe the 15th. Of November, I was like, if my season ended today, I could say that I had a complete season. Because, like, you can't ask for better than what we had. You know what I'm saying? Like, the opportunities had arised. We seen deer. We, You know what I'm saying? Like, for you, like, you saw your shooter buck. You just didn't get a shot at your shooter buck. You know what I'm Couple saying? Them, yeah. You know? And, yeah. like, myself seen a ton of shooter deer. And... Shot at a shooter deer and missed a shooter. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a lot to come in. And, like, you know, the guys, all the guys on the team, like, they all worked real hard and they got in, you know, on good bucks. Some of them, like, shooting two-and-a-half-year-olds, but that's their own 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 opinion. But um, it's just the way that it goes. I mean, it's just. Yeah. Dude, I'm, you know what, to be, now that I'm thinking about it, dude, I'm still on deer. Like, yeah. 
just about every set, it's just the wrong deer. Even like last Saturday, man, like I saw a bunch of does and then about an hour later, I had, dude, sweet encounter. I had a, a doe and a skippy at like 40 yards. And then all of a sudden they just hop, skip and a jump. They're at 25 and here comes a spike buck right behind them. And you know, uh, the doe kind of circled back to like stay away from the spike buck and the little skippy stood there like stiff legged, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. What's and next? The buck circled there, started sniffing her, sniffed her ass, and then picked his head up, looked back for the doe, and he turned around and chased the doe right back out the way they came. I mean, dude, right there, top pin range, 25 yards. And I'll, and I'm, you know, great encounter, cool, awesome to see, had the camera rolling, great footage. And then I'm like, Ah, why can't a shooter do that? Like, mm-hmm. why has it got to be a spike buck? Like, I'm in the right tree for the action. I'm just not getting the deer that I want to do to cooperate. You know, that's where it gets frustrating. But I mean, I, I have, I can't say I didn't get blinked at all this year, but I pretty much saw deer every sit this year. I you think- know, I'm in, I'm in it. Just can't get them to do what you want to do dirty yeah and and i feel the same i feel as if you know i myself putting myself in the position to be on deer every single hunt you know like the things that you want man like i feel as if that's a success right you're on Mm. those deer it's just making the right deer do what you want it to do like it's just it's fun you know like it's Mm. it's that aspect of it and it feels like you know as the season progressively came along like i sat there in the tree stand, and I was like, 10 years ago, I don't think that I had as much action, right? And it's like growing as a sportsman and an outdoorsman, like, all right, I'm on the deer. I'm in the right place. You know, the right deer just needs to come by. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, it's mm. like, I feel as if not even five years ago, bro, like, well, I would sit in a, a set. And I mean, you have those years, right? Where like, it just happens where like you're sitting in the tree and you're like, oh, I haven't seen a deer in like four sits, dude. This sucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like yeah. you have those years that happens, you know, but like it's just <laughs> luck of the draw, you know? It's just luck I think of the, the other draw. Thing, I think the other thing, the big change too is like as years go on, your expectations for yourself or your goals for yourself change, right? So mm-hmm. five years ago, I probably would have smoked half of the deer that I passed this year, right? And now you're punching tags and you're stacking them up and you're building yourself a nice season. And then just where I am personally now, like I'm waiting for like a 1%, a one percenter, mm-hmm. right? There's, and I, you know, that's a needle in a haystack. Especially if you're going to commit, hunt. right. And if you're going to commit to that, like, like I have, you are setting yourself up for failure. Like if all you want to do is shoot a buck, you can probably get it done year in and year out. But when you really set your standards to like that top tier uh, buck, there's a 99% chance that it you're going to fail. And you have to be okay with that going into the season. You know what I mean? You have to tell yourself there is a chance this isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And are you okay with the season closing and you not getting it done? If you're not, you better start getting the string tight on something else. But you know what I mean? I feel, you know, and, and that's, that's the thing, you know, like, and, you know, we talk about it a ton, right? Like, you know, hunt your own hunt, I guess would be like Mm. my motto for it. Like hunt your own hunt, man. Like I'm not, 
And, you know, and it, this is just a revolving door in the conversation, right? Where, like, I feel as if, you know, people, people could say, like, you know, Trev, why would you say that? Like, you always say, like, just shoot what makes you happy. And, and it's true. Like, make shoot mm. what makes you happy, dude. Like, what might make you happy doesn't make me happy. And what makes me happy might not make you happy. Like, where the fact of, and let's, I'll use this for an example. And I did this years ago. And then something occurred this year that made me happy, right? Like, I set out last year, there was a spike buck that was constantly on camera, and I was like, I'm going to shoot that deer. Like, that's a target deer for me for the season, right? Like, that spike buck. And I did that. Like, it's cool because it made me fucking happy, and that's what I wanted to do. This year, one of the things, and it wasn't a rack thing, but it was just something cool that happened to me, like, where I was like, dude, that's the most badass thing that I've ever done, and it made me just jacked up about it, and I was pumped about it was... Like, I had that buck come in, and I shot him at eight yards, bro, from one stick or two sticks. You know, like, that's cool to me. I don't care what the rack is, but, like, when I am when I am soul-searching for one deer and that one deer, like, I'll pass 25 deer to be able to see, to, to shoot that one deer. You know what I'm saying? Like Maybe. And, <laughs> maybe shoot that one deer. Maybe, bro. And it's, <laughs> maybe. It's crazy because, like, when you get that opportunity, though, like, I had that opportunity, didn't conquer on that opportunity, and then to absolutely know that you're in the right spot when you go back the next day and that deer <laughs> is zooming with 50, 50 yards of your stand again. And you're like, right. fuck, fuck, yeah. I fucked up. Like it's, And he's on camera again. Like I've had him on camera three times since then. You know, like it's just like, ah, you fucker. But you know what? He's just going to be that much bigger next year, and I know where he hangs out. So, like, it's cool. For sure. You know, you like. You found that spot pretty late. Like, that was that was kind of like hunt, scouting on the fly, found it, hunted it the next day. That was, so I found that. You know. I found that. Um, I found that spot Halloween. Yeah. So I found that spot. I thought on it was Halloween. later than that, but okay. Yeah. No, I yeah. found that spot on Halloween. I hung that camera on. On the thirty first, on October thirty first, I hung that 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 uh, and you camera. Missed him on the first. Uh, I missed him on the second. Mm. Did yeah. you kill your biggest buck on the second too? Yeah, I did. I did. Me I too. Did. Me I too. Did, I did shoot my biggest buck on on November second. Me 2nd. too. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, because I all day sitted. So the day that I killed my buck in my Ohio buck, I all day sitted. Set. Set. Uh, November 1st. This is English 101. Yeah. Well, that's normal <laughs> with me anyway. Uh, November 1st, I all day sat, um, and then I, uh, moved around, uh, wanting to get in there on another buck for November 2nd. I sat there all day, dude. Last 15 minutes of light. I, I passed, I passed nine deer. Well, not past nine deer, just didn't have the opportunity at nine different deer. And mm. like. They were all shooters, 120, 120 to uh to like one fifty. It's just crazy because that mid, like that Midwest life. Bro, and it's so different because like I had a hunt this year that I I seen seven different bucks. Not one of them was over, was over CT life. You know, it's like but they all did it dirty, but they just weren't yeah. the deer that I wanted. And then because I had already shot at the buck I wanted for the season and uh, they just weren't it. They weren't it. They were not it. But 
It's just, it's fun. You know, it's, you know, as you recap, and we're going to do a recap here for our Christmas Eve or our New Year's Eve um, podcast. It's going to be me and Steve. We're just going to kind of recap on what our goals were, how we accomplished our goals, how we didn't accomplish our goals, and then what the goals are for the next season. So we'll do, you know, we're going to do the whole year though, no? Yeah, the whole year. Yeah. Yep. So the recap on the whole entire season, you know, as us on the podcast, the Outdoor Drive uh, podcast, you know, like just season recaps and stuff for the New Year's Eve. I think it would just be fun. It's something we always do. So it just kind of stay I'm in I'm not it. getting drunk this time. No, no, <laughs> no, I'm not either. Um, but just kind of talk about the kind of things and what we have going forth, what what we have and we're doing. You know, we had a, we had a stellar year. You know, in a, in a whole, uh, I think it was kind of it was an accomplished accomplished year, but but no, it's fun. I think, and you know, it was cool to see the victory stories and stuff. And it's not over, man. Like we still have the squirrel competition. We still have Ooh. you know show season. We still have a lot of things. You know, we always are kind of just keeping the wheels turning. We're going to ATA. We'll be at ATA. It'll be Steve's first year in ATA this year. We're going to St. Louis. Uh, Looking, looking forward to that, um, mm. and kind of seeing everybody and meeting everybody and whatever you know, new faces. Putting or on whatever. the square toe it's been, boots. It's been a couple of years, and man. The flannels, what? Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I've been there, man. And I'll tell you, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I think it's going to be a good time, and I think, you know, especially maturing as a whole as a podcast and so on and so forth i think it you know it's a better role to be able to go there i mean the last time i went there was pre-covid um and was also i think it was like circa 2018 so it's been mm. it's been some time bro Where Center. was that when you went indy I went to indy it was with the east coast so it was mm. me me um shithead derelict <laughs> shithead um and uh garrett benner so Oh, it was some good shit. times, man. We had a we had a lot of fun, but uh, but whatever. It's all good. Let's break into the yeah, sponsors, no guys. This this podcast, um, we're doing a tales from the tailgate. You guys all wanted tales from the tailgate, so we did a tale from the tailgate. Kind of a special one, honestly. Uh, Justin joins us with a good buddy of his, um, and tells a great story. Uh, probably the it's the biggest buck that he's ever shot, um, and. Uh, Super, super looking forward to that. So, let's break into it, dude. Let's uh, let's sweep up the floor. We'll tell uh, all about all of our sponsors and all the good things that you guys have missed out over the holiday season. So, Huntworth Gear, HuntworthGear.com. They are the official um, camouflage and title sponsor of the Outdoor Drive. HuntworthGear.com. Get yourself some heat boost. It's getting in that late season that, you know, that coyote, that duck. That goose season, like that late season, that Matherhorn stuff, that heat boost. Now's the time to get that. Um, it's definitely kind of crazy, and it's funny. Is guys always joke, "Oh, well, what batteries does heat boost take?" It doesn't take any. It's it's the carbine graphite uh, yarn that holds in your heat from your body. Like it's the stuff. I couldn't. I don't think that. I don't think I could hunt without it from now on. To be honest with you, and that's that's true. That's that's true talk here because and it's not because they're just because they're a sponsor like they truly have some of the best gear on the market like hands down when it comes to camouflage and everything from light to the heaviest stuff negative 20 negative 30 in the matherhorn so go and check those guys out uh huntworthgear.com uh nor'easter game calls nor'eastergamecalls.com they are 
the only calls that we use here at the Outdoor Drive, Mr. Marky Mark. We do have a surprise for you guys. Um, hopefully after the new year we have a little bit coming forth, I promise. So, guys, listen up for that. Um, that's actually going to be a game-changing thing that we're working on. Um, and uh, super, super excited to talk about that in the future. Uh, Latitude, LatitudeOutdoors.com. If you guys haven't you know, gotten into the saddle hunting or want to get into the saddle hunting, get on over to LatitudeOutdoors.com. Me and Steve both had the opportunity to hunt out of the Carbon SS sticks this year. Hands down, probably some of the best mobile hunting equipment there is by far none. Like, they are light, packable user-friendly, and they do the job, man. When you're trying to mobile hunt, and especially with us guys as filmers, like, you know, there's always... One of the things that I, myself, as a a self-filmer and a mobile hunter is... I didn't feel as if I was cutting down on weight, right? I'm just bringing more things. So, like, I cut down on a climber. I added saddle hunting gear, but then I added camera gear, and I was at mm-hmm. more weight, like carrying yeah. two climbers. Or, or, or at least a net zero, right? The, yeah. the pounds you save, you just add with a camera arm and camera. So one of the things with their gear is it's super light, it's packable, and it's user-friendly as far as, like, the method two. The method two with the, you know, the um, magnets on it that clip up on your waist. So you're not worrying about, you know, one of the things with me, like my saddle's constantly falling. One of the things is it's like a weight belt. It's a it's around your kidneys. It holds up well. You can walk with it in. It's not a big deal. The SS sticks, carbon sticks, they're super packable. They're light. Um, metalless. Metalless. That's one of the biggest things with the saddle. Huge. And, and with the sticks. Um, and then as far as the X-Wing and you know the the platforms that they have they're super light too like they're just super packable they're easy to put on like it's just it's a no brainer so get on over to latitudeoutdoors.com and check their stuff out great christmas gifts also um some good sales going on with all of them and then last but not least bowhunters united bowhuntersunited.com guys we talk about it all the time get on over to their website it's a free free membership and they help you out like with different state things going on and new laws being passed and so on and so forth they're advocates for us as archery hunters so make sure to hit them up and uh, get on their website and sign up for them to stay on their newsletter but they're all great people and uh, if you guys need gifts now's the time to get on their websites and get their stuff because there is always sales going on you don't want to miss out i promise you guys have already missed out on a bunch of sales so don't miss out on the ones coming forth but stevie anything good in the world of the outdoor drive family facebook page is there a killer's corner no no killer's corner what is going on i got nothing damn guys it's well, a little depressing. Killers aren't going to kill this I have a feeling something special is going to happen here soon. Late late December, something's going to go down. It really is. Well, man, but, what do you think, dude? Let's get on. Let's, uh, let's go yeah, have a Tales from the Tales. Jake. Let's go, bro. Yeah. <laughs> here we go again. Oh, shit. Door Drive Podcast, so we're going to bring you Tales from the Tailgate. All right, guys, welcome back yet for another Tales from the Tailgate. Dude, it's been a while since we've done a Tales for the Tailgate, huh, Stevie? 
too long. Yeah, I guess we need to get these things going on. I, you know, it's we the season's been crazy, but whatever. Let's just break up into it, man. We got Jacob Crowley and Justin Barnes. What's going on, guys? What's up, fellas? How are we? Oh, we're good, dude. It's it. The season's rolling down, and it's time for deer killing stories, dude. Let's break right into it, Jake. You killed a absolute slammer in Massachusetts, man. Like, take us through the day and kind of what happened, and tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. All right, so I, I can get right into the day of it, but it's like I'd like to back up like a little bit before. This is a new property that I've never really hunted. I, I have no tie to this at all. Mm-hmm. So, um. I went out in May, set set a camera, you know, just a rope scrape, just you know, t- typical t- typical setup. So I go out there and there's bucks all all summer on, on this camera. It's just the, the the whole summer I have bucks hitting this thing the entire time. We start we start uh, excuse me, we we start getting into like later later into the summer and there is. Coyotes, coyotes take over. It is just, I don't know, Justin. How many times? How many times did I tell you I was like Coyote City, Coyote City, and Jake hates coyotes. <laughs> so, so five, six coyotes like out of whack. It, it is just like I'm at the point where I, I want to take the camera out of the woods. Like, I don't even, I don't even want to hunt here anymore. So, do you see that a lot with- though? Do you see that a lot with coyotes hitting scrapes and stuff like that? Because I know I see a ton of it where they'll get in those scrapes, roll around, and kind of try to get that scent of those white tails. Yeah, they uh they'll come in and like sniff it. I've had them like pissing it a couple times, but nothing like they're not really. It's, it's mainly like them going after the deer is what I'm saying. It's like I actually had on that same camera a uh, coyote come by with a fawn in its mouth, oh, and then like two two seconds later, like the the doe is like pissed, like stomping, oh. like going after the coyote, you know, running away, like like whole whole scene. I'm like this this place is wild. Wow, dude, that's crazy. So. That that's going on all, all summer, but it stops like right before hunting season. Like the coyotes kind of like you know dim, dim down a little bit. So, um, like I said, like I got bucks day, daylight in like September, October, and uh, decent bucks. But the first time that I got a picture of this specific deer was November eighth, and it was one one video, like nine o'clock at night. Didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, nice buck, you know. It's like not not you know, not patterning it. It's, it's just, it's there. It's on the camera. I sent it to the boys and well, like that's, that's nice deer. So I am now on vacation, but from work, I, I take off uh, November 13th through the 17th. And that Saturday, which is the 11th, I'm like, I'm going to go in and set a stand and that's, I'm going to hunt it Saturday morning, Saturday evening, and I'll be back Monday morning go in, find the spot that I want to be in and get up the tree, hang my stand. Are you, are you guys familiar with like third hand archery? No. Like the, the company? No. So they make, uh, they make bow holders that, that go on the stand. I, I've used them for years. Good, great product. Got a good guy too. Um, but it, it's got like a, a arm that sticks out from the seat. And as I was setting the stand, it hooked onto my release like my 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 bino harness my, i have a hinge release like in my bino harness launch the thing out of out of my bino harness so i set the stand come back down i'm looking for it dude i can't find my release i am at the base of my tree for 45 minutes looking for my my release oh no that's <laughs> a nightmare so i leave i leave the woods i'm, I'm i call justin i'm like dude 
I don't understand what's wrong with me. I'm like, nothing ever goes my way. It's like, my release is gone. I, I don't have the backup with me. So I now have to go home, shoot with a new backup, make sure that everything kind of like hits the same. You know, it's like sometimes it changes your impact. So, and, and my, I, I don't, I don't go hunting Saturday. New release works fine. Impacts the same. Can't hunt Sundays. So I'll be back in the tree Monday morning. That this this Monday Monday morning. That's that's uh that's November thirteenth. That's that's our good day here. Jesus. So, I got a question though before we get on on that scrape. Did you take over a scrape or did you make your own mock scrape? Oh, I made it. So okay. so there was nothing there. It's I can get into detail as far as like what the landscape is if, if you're looking for that. Yeah, I mean, you might as well, man. It'll lay the story yeah, out pretty well. One key, yeah, no, like what you were looking for and like why you chose that location. Before he gets into a one keynote, though, he did about six of these, and every single one was on fire all year, all year. All the other people in our group, well, what are you using? What are you using? I have rope this, blah, 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 this and that. Nothing. Nothing. Jake was, he had yeah. the crystal ball this year. Yeah, every great. single camera was just lights out. Yeah, scratch, scratch were good for me this year. So what, what? So, what made them okay. good for you as far as the lay of the land or what do you think that made them successful? Um, they, they always say, you know, if you're making a mock scrape, that location is, is key for, for success. You know, it's like, it really doesn't matter what you put on a branch or a rope, as long as you have it in a spot where deer are frequenting, then it, it's gonna, you know, it should work. It should take over. So this spot I have, a, uh, a high ridge on my left side and a smaller like like nipple like a, I, I guess you call it a smaller ridge on my right and it's a drainage ditch so all your your thermals are pulling down into the drainage ditch and then there's a cattail swamp at, at the, the bottom of it so it's kind of just like a, a triangle of, of, of scent it's like I, I hung I hung a rope and I ended up spraying it down with some some scent and immediately it, it got taken over so I, I never went back in and like freshened it up or, or anything. They, they just, they Natural. hit it every day. So they naturally were hitting it. Right. Oh, like, they were hitting it. Like daylight, hunting time. It's ready to go daylight. Crazy. Insane. That's awesome. Is it, so do you think it was because it was close to bedding in between beddings? So that's where I guess it's like, I really don't know. This is a, a unknown property. It's my first year in here. I've, I don't have any other cameras in there. It was just this. So it was whatever I found for sign that the place was tore up. But I, I was assuming that they were betting in the cattail swamp. And I, I'm thinking that that's exactly what they were doing. Yeah. That's awesome. So so what led into it, man, and what made it all go, come down? I can get right into the, yeah. the, the morning. If that's what we yeah, let's get do at. it. So I go in an hour before dark. And I have – it's probably three-quarters of a mile walk in so not not too too far but it's, it's a good walk so i go in an hour before dark get up into my stand it's 19 degrees out it's the coldest morning that we've had all year it's like perfect you know it's like it's exactly what you want in the middle of the ride um i'm sitting in my stand sun starts to come out you do like the typicals i'm taking pictures of like the, the sunrise you know so I'm not, I'm not really thinking anything is, is going to come out um first buck comes barrel assing through the cattail swamp at 7 7 a.m and <laughs> I, i'm using the uh the, the nor'easter chronicles i know you guys yep. are very familiar with them 
they sound great, right? So it's like, I am wailing on this thing straight into the cattails. It's like this buck is not listening, not doing anything. He is just on a mission trying to find whatever whatever doe was on that trail, right? It's like you, you're just seeing like cattails bending over. So nothing happens with that. It's like I'm, I'm texting the boys. I'm like, hey, I'm like, this, uh, this really ain't, you know, it's the buck, buck went by. This call didn't really work. I'm not really sure what, uh, what else is going to happen. But um, I know that from the previous few days and the amount of bucks that I had on camera, there, there was a reason why they were there. So I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit here. I'm just going to keep sitting until I, I either get tired of sitting or something happens around nine, 9 AM. I'm on my phone and I hear a deep grunt coming from like up on top of the ridge. It was like instantly put your, put your phone away. I look up on the ridge and it's the buck that I ended up shooting. He is stiff-legged walking up the side of the ridge. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that deer is huge. So <laughs> they always tell you, right, do not blow your call, like, directly at, at the deer. Mm-hmm. That goes off the window, dude. I am, like, directly <laughs> at him. Brad, Brad, like, you don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you're supposed to, they say you're supposed to do it as they like look the other way or have their head down or whatever the case may be but we all we don't think about that when when no, it comes no, no, to no. yeah you see you see it, you, you stop blowing the thing directly at him, yeah. you know? <laughs> so uh grunt at him he stops and keeps walking grunt at him again doesn't do anything now i'm like I don't even know how to snow weeds, dude. I'm trying to snow weeds. I'm spitting all over myself. Like, it is just <laughs> doing anything I can to get this deer to, to come in, you know? He, uh, he ended up going up and over that that tall ridge. He's probably 100 yards away at this point. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's it. I'm like, he just went up over the ridge. Like, he's he's done. He, he didn't want anything to do with me. It's, it hunts over. And, uh, he... Uh, he ended up looping around the backside of the ridge, and I saw him 80 yards away, uh, straight downwind, straight downwind. He he's sniff, sniffing the ground. I don't know. There, there must have been some some doe sign over there or something. Um, so I ended up throwing a bleed out, and immediately he picks his head up, looks my direction, turns, and just straight line right into me. I'm like, oh, I'm like this this is it. So. Seat gets folded up, right? I take my gloves off. I, I pull my face mask down. I'm, I'm ready to go. He's closing in. He gets uh, 17 yards away, and he's directly facing me. Looks right right at me. I'm, I'm already at full draw. I'm like, uh, I'm there. You know, it's like I'm at full draw. He's looking at me like this. I was like, I'm either putting it directly on a frontal shot, or I'm going to wait and see what happens. As I'm thinking this in my mind, he takes a few steps to, to my left, and gives me what I thought was a quartering towards shot. Like, not not steep, but enough where I was like, I know this is quartering towards. My hinge breaks, I shoot, you hit a thump, complete pass through, deer bounds off 10 yards, stops and looks around. So I'm like, I'm like he's going to fall over. Like, this is it. Watch, watching the deer, he's looking, tail starts flicking, just starts walking. I'm like, all right watching him, watching him, watching him. He makes it about 60, 70 yards, beds down in the blowdown. I'm like, this, I'm like, this is it. Perfect. Like he's, he's bedded down. I'm like, I just shot my biggest deer. Mm-hmm. So first person I call is, is my father, right? My father's working. I'm like, dad, I just, I just shot a good one. I just shot, I just shot a giant. 
and he's uh you know he's he's all excited he's like i'm i'm leaving work i'm leaving work i'm coming i'm on my way i call justin i call my buddy joe everybody's all excited right joey I'm on the phone with them the deer gets up i'm i'm not speaking loud i'm i'm quiet when i'm talking deer gets up and starts walking away i'm like all right i'm like once this deer is out of sight I'm backing out. Like I, I'm not going after those trails. Like I, I know all too well that you you push this deer. Like this isn't the kind of deer that that you can end up finding if, if you keep bumping them. So I back up. Uh, Justin, Joe, my father, your dad, your dad was there. Mm-hmm. Um, they all ended up meeting me at the truck, and we gave that deer four hours, five hours, not even more. Five hours. I say five. We gave we gave the deer five hours. Um, Brandon, Brandon, you guys know Brandon Ashford. Yeah, yeah. Brandon ends up showing up to, to, to help me out. Um, so we give the deer five hours. We all end up going back in. And I, I tell everybody, I'm like, look, I don't want to approach this, th- this blood trail with a bunch of people. And I was like, we have, we have a good amount of guys here to help, but I don't want it to be all of us at the same pace. I'm like, you guys hang back here. I took Justin with me. Like we're gonna go slow. We're gonna see what we have for blood. Blood was decent. It, it was blood was great. It, it was definitely like you could tell it was liver. It, it, it was like a that dark red color, mm. but it was quite a bit. It was no a lot shortage of, of it whatsoever. Um, we get to the spot where the deer was was standing for for a few minutes. Um, puddles, there's puddles there, but there was what we thought was a little bit of gut. So. I ended up calling Brandon over. I'm like, Brandon, I'm like, what do you, what do you think here? He's like, uh, it does look a little gutty, but it, it didn't really smell. No. There, there wasn't much smell. didn't smell either. Um, well, like, we're going to go slow. It's like, I'm going to have Justin go out in front. I end up knocking an arrow, and we're just going to take this as, as slow and quiet as possible. If, if we end up kicking it up, maybe I can get another shot at it. If, if it's not dead, I don't even know. We, uh, we're following consistent good blood the entire time get 200, 200 yards from, from where we shot. And he, mind you, he, I, should, I should have said this, he's going up a ridge, which you always hear that that's never a good thing, right? So he's diagonally going up this ridge and we get 200 yards away from where I shot. We hear a deer get up and run away. Like, I don't know if that was another deer. I don't know if it was the deer that I shot. We're following the blood. It leads us directly to where that noise came from. Uh, um, you, that that pit in your stomach that you get is like you, you. Unless you've experienced that, you you don't know how to how to explain mm-hmm. what that feels like. But right before that, we thought it was over. So like, fifty yards before that was six beds, five yards in between each bed. He would get mm-hmm. up, he would walk, he'd drop. He'd get up, he walk, he'd drop. It, he did like a a, a snake. And they would bed, 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 bed. I'm like, he's gonna be toppled over. And then right. literally, we got to the probably the sixth bed, and then you just saw the tail. Well, like, and like he said, you know, should, do we jump a new deer? Is that the deer? What's going on? And we just said, halt it all. You know what? Let's just turn around. It is what it is. If it's him, he's bumped. He's gonna lay right back down. Let's get out of here. Right. So we we all back out, back out immediately. Um, this is what two o'clock now. So probably probably 2 p.m. We uh, end up going back to the truck and head home. You know, it's like I don't know how else to explain my ride home. It's like 
no no radio. It was like it is silent. I'm like, man, this sucks. You know, it's like I I just shot the biggest deer I've ever, ever seen in the woods, and I'm driving home empty-handed. And uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm beside myself. Like I don't, I don't really know what I'm what I'm gonna do. It's like when do I go back out? We were talking about possibly waiting until the following morning. And uh, that was never going to be an option with me knowing that this spot is how it is with the coyotes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we all decided on uh, six hours. I, I had another good buddy of mine. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Steve, Stephen Champa. Good kid. Yeah, we know Steve. Yep. Yeah. So I'm talking with him and he's like, your arrow looks good. You bumped him. Give him, give him six hours, and he's he's gonna be dead. So six more or one more on it. Six more, no six more. So now yeah. you're at a, just so now you're at eleven hours. Right. So I, I shot this deer at nine a.m. and and we went in five after five hours, and now we're gonna give him six more. Um, my confidence level is like down. I'm like I I I'm not finding this deer. So like, if I do, it's gonna be tore apart by all the coyotes that are there. I was on the opposite spectrum too. This thing, <laughs> dude, he's so toast. Yeah. Like he's getting stiff as yeah. a wolf. Let's go get him. It's just, yeah. And the thing is, the thing is, obviously, at that point, like, I, like you feel as if you know you're never going to recover this deer because you're the one that's emotionally attached to this deer. You shot this deer, so on and so forth. But in in you know hindsight, looking back, obviously. There was good blood of some sort, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Right? Like there was good blood there. So like. It, it was definitely going to be found. It's just a, a waiting game at that point, right? So now yeah. you're giving it six hours, and and then obviously you guys went back in, and what was the result? So we, we went back in. It's now 8, 8.30, somewhere around there. Um, and we ended up coming to the same spot where we knew we jumped him. And that initial, like, up from the bed, bounding off a few times to find that blood was, was kind of hard. You know, it's like he's going from a, a better position to, to full on sprint. So we uh, we ended up taking this um, this formation of like a horizontal line. We all went in a horizontal line and we worked very slowly forward until we would find the next piece of blood. One person would save that blood and then the rest of the line would go forward until you found another piece of blood. And it, uh, it ended up working out really well. Um, we ended up finding where he stopped after his initial bound. And it was more blood than anything else we'd seen leading up to that that point. Uh, <laughs> how far? How far was it where he, where you, from where he jumped to where he actually stopped and stood again? Sixty yards, mm. maybe seventy. Yeah, not not very far. But we right. couldn't see him because of like the, the thick underbrush in, in yep. the air when we backed out. So now this now that the blood is is picked up and it's it's as good as it's ever been we're we're following it and he immediately starts bending down again so it's like bed blood bed blood and he ended up slamming like into a tree scuffed up like all all kinds of leaves like it's like bare ground like there's blood all over like this tree and at this point like i actually start to feel good i'm like okay i'm like this this thing's this thing's hurt right so we uh we're coming down the ridge and my buddy Joe shines his flashlight and he goes, dude, he's dead right there. I'm like, that emotional dump is like, you, you just can't, 
you can't beat it. You know, it's like there's there's he just ended a video of me uh, running down to, to go grab it. It's like, I'm a ghost, dude. I'm not even there. It's like <laughs> I, I just make a few line right to the deer. I'm so excited. Uh, no, man, it was, it was I've a- only seen Jake run fast twice in my life, right? So it was three years ago we shed hunt and he found a great four point side sprinting. And so I'm like, why does he run? Look what I got. That and then when we found his buck, the kid was going down a slope at about a 45 degree angle with high knee and just boom. <laughs> he slid into home base. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. If that stuff doesn't excite you, man, you're not doing it for the right reason. You know? Exactly. So, so what was what was the result in the shot? Like, what do you think? What happened to be able to make it the way that it was, and so on and so forth. So, it was a quartering two, and it was just a little further back than what it should have been, so- or. So that's where I was at again. It's like initially we thought, or I thought, that it was a quartering towards, but very slight quartering towards shot. It really wasn't. It was pretty much broadside. I would say I hit about four inches further back than I would have liked to. And in the gutting process, it's like we found out that I hit left lung, liver, and exited out just nicking the gut. Mm-hmm. I missed the right lung. So yeah, that's virtually. So you missed the – it's facing – so completely broadside, facing – it's kind of to you, so you hit that left lung, mm-hmm. the liver, and the gut, that whole pocket, and then almost coming out right before the left rear? No, like not not even. Really? So I'll, have to, I'll have to show you. I, I yeah. know the audience can't, can't see the pictures, but if you look at this shot and somebody told you this deer made it 400 yards, you'd say absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those so things. If you were to put the deer dead broadside, right? Entry was probably three inches off of exit if you want to put a line through it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you were to pick it, like not much whatsoever. Yeah. Just started a, started a little back from that front shoulder and a little kick. So it yeah. just caught the back. It wasn't far off. It was weird. It doesn't take much. No, yeah, exactly. it, it really doesn't. I, I had that happen one time perfect broadside and all that when i bleeded to stop the deer all he did was kind of like turn his shoulder a little bit and i mean i absolutely pinwheeled this deer like right in the crease and i only got one long yep and he's dead broadside and it was it's it's just one of those things man it's just like there's so many variables mm-hmm. yeah so like people shoot deer and be like oh like i was mid body so immediately i'm like god they're like, oh, no, that's long, dude. You're talking inch by inch is going through each organ. You know what I mean? At that point, there's no mid-body. It's like that much is changing from your liver to your lung to lung to gut. It's it's a whole different ball game. It's game of inches at that point. Yeah, I'm not even sure either if, uh, like, the, the adrenaline from, like, rutting, like, that oh, might have an impact. Absolutely. As as how long a deer can, can live off of that kind of pet. That's a huge factor in that. I mean, like, they, they have – they're virtually they're not they're not running on energy they're running on adrenaline like they don't they have nothing else left in them like that's virtually they're living on hopes and dreams as far as like adrenaline that time of year (laughs) like you see deer especially in that time of year where like in those the teens of november that like they do some of the craziest things when you're tracking them like you're like how the frig did that deer make it 700 yards? If you were to shoot that thing early season, it probably would have went 150, right? Like it's just they just have that drive, that will to live so much more that time of year because they're just so pumped up, you know? Absolutely. 
You know what's crazy to think about too is that little bit of angle actually helped you, right? Because a deer can 100% survive a one lung, mm-hmm. but they're not going to survive a liver and they're not going to survive a gut. So, so you true. think like, oh, I got liver and gut. That's bad. Like that, that 100% helped in the process because mm-hmm. that one longer he could have lived, mm-hmm. but ca- catching that other stuff right there is what, what did him in. So Jacob, dude, now. I, I want to hear, like, what was the expression and how did it all go down, like, when you grabbed a hold of this buck for the first time, bro? So, uh, I'm a deer hunter, right? Like, I, I kill deer year in and year out, but never something like this. No, like, this this is this is eight years in the making of, of finally getting my hands on, on a, a mature buck. I've never done this. To have the hard work being put in that, I, that I've done this entire se- like off season season to have it come, you know, full circle and, and actually have that kind of success. It, it was everything. So yeah, it was just a complete emotional dump. I, I, I lost it. I was like, I wasn't even there. People would talk to me. It's like, I was a ghost. It's like, just not in the picture. And it wasn't short of luck. It was, he skipped shed hunting and, a whole bunch of other things that the boys were out doing X, Y, and Z. He's like, I got to go check out new properties. I got to move. I got to do something different this year. And so that's all, hard work. That's all, that's all back on hardware. Ask next. What, what is there something in particular you did different this year that paid off more that you may have been missing in the past? Uh, I did a lot of postseason scouting and, you know, once the snow was gone, um, February, March, I went through properties and, and found rut sign. Um, that, that was it. It was just miles and new properties. New is what it was. Yeah, it was like I, I, I left where I was because it wasn't working. So I guess to, to, to piggyback on that, like what was, what was that triggering moment for you that like, that's what you wanted to do? Was that postseason scouting and then hone in on a mature deer and to, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was that turning point for you? Like, to to want to be able to only chase mature deer instead of just. It's 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 failure driven. Right. It's like I, I put in effort every year, and at the end of the season, I'm like, man, I, I shot a doe. You know, it's like 150 I, hours plus. Like, I, it's not like, not just the Saturday guy. It's big time hours in the woods. So like I'm putting everything I have into this hobby. I want to be more successful. What can I do to change that? Mm-hmm. Instead of going to the uh, the archery range and, and doing like my typical indoor shooting or going and doing a 3D shoot, it's like I'm going to skip this and I'm going to go put time in the woods scouting. And that's that's where it came from. And and that's it's kind of funny. And one of the things, well, me and Steve had talked about it before in the past. Like I do a ton of postseason scouting, but it's on areas you can't hunt. So like, what good is that, right? Like, it's like, as far as like, we go shed hunting, and then it's always like a numbers game, right? Like, we're just like, how many sheds can we find? You know what I'm saying? And then you, it, once you start to then put it into a spot that you're going to spend a lot of time, come rut time or whatever, it's then gonna put yourself in the position to then shoot a mature deer, like you, you know what I'm saying? So like you're putting in that hard time, like any, anybody can go hunting, right. And then put themselves on a deer trail. You're going to see deer and you're going to kill deer, but what are you going to do that postseason to put yourself in a big buck 
scenario. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what it seems like you did to make yourself successful was put in that time and effort to put yourself where those big deer are going to be. Right. Which is super cool. And and it's cool to hear that the the whole scrape thing worked out for you because that doesn't always work out for everybody. Like you put it <laughs> Yeah, first hand right here. Me, Joey, my dad, everywhere were like post town dude. Yeah. Post town jigs like, look at this. this room. I'm, look I'm, at this room. I'm, I'm this room. I'm like, dude, what's going on? I'm, I'm sending them videos, right? I got like bucks. They're, they're like hanging on the rope. It's like doing a helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's crazy because a lot of people don't understand like the the purpose of a scrape and different times a year of how they use different scrapes, right? Like there's traveling scrapes, then there's communal scrapes that they hit all year round. And then like guys that, you know, like might get in the woods just the weekends. Like we were talking weekend guys, like they'll get into the woods and they see a scrape and they think that that's like, they live and die by that scrape. And that is not the scrape to be hunting. The scrapes that you have, that are community scrapes where every single buck goes to it every single day in daylight does go to it. That's the scrapes that you live and die on. Those are the ones you put yourself on that cross and you live on those scrapes to be successful all year round where other guys will see scrapes and sign and it might be a week old and a deer may never come to those scrapes. You know what I'm saying? So like you had, you had the X, you know, like that is the spot to be, and obviously those those deer were in there and they were doing the right thing, man. And put yourself in that position to be successful. No doubt. Which is so some, something something else that that I, I want to touch on is like I, I ended up skipping this in the uh, the, the celebration part, right? Mm-hmm. We ended up finding this deer. It meant the world to me to have all my brothers there. You know, it's like I have my father there to have everybody there celebrating with me. It's you can't you can't beat that. It's like these guys that you're talking to day in and day out about hunting, and for it to finally come through and it's like everybody gets to celebrate together. That's not just my deer. You know, everybody here had a part. In this. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. It was awesome. Even dragging out like there was like a snow flurry. Like nothing could go wrong. A little snow flurry. Everyone's jacked up. November what thirteenth or yeah. whatever. What everyone's ready to get in the woods again. It was just smiles and. So I had uh I had Brandon ended up not hunting that afternoon just to come back and help me find that deer he's like i was here this morning i'm invested like that how, how does that not hit you you know it's like people are going out of their way to to help you make sure that you get your your deer and that's that's what it's about i i wish everybody could have a group of friends that would do that for them because it's it's special so that that's one of the things like growing up and stuff having those groups that camaraderie and all that stuff and a lot of people and and we you know we do it all the time where like you you spent like our our whole lives hunting with our fathers just like you guys did you guys hunted with your father justin and jacob me steve we all hunted with our fathers and it was a camaraderie thing everybody gets together everybody goes out hunting but a lot of people they lose sight and one of the things is like you hunting mature mature bucks you like myself, we lose sight of that. Like we're like 150 hours in the tree stand day in and day out. We don't hunt with our buddies. We don't hunt with our friends. But when it does come down, like we look forth to having everybody there to enjoy that hunt because it is a one man sport when you're hunting a mature buck. But like when it comes down, like everybody better be there, you know, because like it's time, it's go time. We're all going to be together. We're going to enjoy this together. And then the, you know, the beers just start flowing and that's just the way that it goes. 
goes, man. It's like I probably wouldn't even be as interested as I am in the sport. It's when the kill shot comes and you get everybody to come down. That's I mean, you can't beat it. No, there's nothing else. You can't explain it. You got to go through the process and do it to to feel it. Absolutely. Um, dude, Jacob, show us show us your rack, man. I want to see this whole thing. I know, uh, guys. I'll uh, we'll put this up on social media. So everybody can kind of see what it looks like. But oh my god, look at that thing! Look at the brows on that thing. The brow. <laughs> How wide is he? He's pretty wide. Yeah. So it ended up coming out to what was it nineteen and three quarter? Wow. I was gonna say. I was gonna I guess one. Yeah. Inside, inside spread. Yeah. Um, Good mass too. Yeah, his mass, his, his mass ended up carrying pretty much the yeah. whole the whole way through. What a beautiful um, eight pointer. Yeah, it's so tough because he explains the shot. And, like, yeah, you can look at, a, like, an infrared trail cam video and you can be like, oh, yeah, deer's great. Like, definitely good buck. You know what I mean? And, but you put those those headlamps and all those big lights on that actual deer and he picked it up. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he, great buck. He ended up dressing uh, 186 pounds. Wow. So de- definitely my, my biggest deer by, by a long shot. That's mid-November. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? That's a eight, dude. That's a beautiful eight. I love the brow on that thing, dude. Imagine the both of them. Did he? Did he originally have the first one on November? No, no. no so that was he one. It's like I had, had one video, one video of that deer, and he was the same as as when I shot him. So, Dang. so he must have lost it earlier on in the travels. Yeah. So he was so a yeah, satellite I, deer at that point, right? Probably yeah. It's like I I wanted to consider it a uh, an eight point, but we were told that uh, if if the the tine is wider than it is tall, then it, it don't count. So it's a uh, big seven. Really? Big seven. What does that What does that mean as far as wider? I've never heard that. As far as scoring, if if the, it's wider than it is tall, then it, it doesn't count as a point. Oh, see, I've always been told if you can hang a wedding ring on it, then it would count as a as a point. Or whatever, Steve. I see the weird I'm looking. Trying to process that. I've never heard that either. No. And I've heard the wedding ring thing too. I've heard it had to be an inch. I, I don't. Yeah. I really don't know yeah, what the. It's such a, yeah. So yeah. Steve Champa does. He's like an actual NEBBC. Yeah. Or so that we we're like we're like it's an eight. You know. Yeah. Like he's like it's a seven. I'm like all right, seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the greatest thing yeah, is that I there's. Think- yeah, no, it's an eight pointer with a busted brow time. So yeah, he score, seven, seven scorable, but he's a he's a he's yeah, an eight, eight point frame. Yeah, yeah. Up, uh, coming out at uh, one hundred twenty seven inches. Wow. So so okay. So it's Pope and Young without with a missing time. That's a dude. That's yeah, it, a yeah. that's an accomplishment. <laughs> that's an accomplishment. It's a Pope and Young deer is a seven point, which is which is pretty nice. A Pope and Young seven pointer. It doesn't get any better than that, dude. Like that's that's truly honestly awesome. Are you gonna register my Pope? You think or? Uh, I'll end up doing the, the, was it the Northeast yeah. big buck? Let's have to wait a certain, certain amount of time before they can get like an official score. 60 day drying period. Yeah. yeah. So I'll end up, uh, I'll end up getting that done, but I don't know how far I'll actually go with it. It's, it's always, it's always good to, when you get your first Pope and Young to just yeah. get the certificate, bro, and just put it under right. the belt. I got my first Pope and Young. If you never register another one, as long as you live, so be it. But you got yours. Your name's in the Pope and Young book. It's done. It's over with. They measure them. When they measure them, they measure them. You can have them measure it. It's just another set of paperwork. 
and just have it done and over with. Because it's always nice to have that certificate. You're Pope and Young. I mean, that's what we, as mature hunters, that's what you you kind of shoot for is to shoot a Pope and Young buck. I mean, like that's you know 125. I mean, that's the that's yeah. the, that's the threshold, right? So that's incredible. One, one time, one. So now, awesome. tomorrow he's gonna break out the, the latitude sticks, the latitude oh, yeah. two. He's got all the he's got all the seven millimeter ropes. He's ready to rock. He's gonna go get set up tomorrow and let it rip. You're headed back in tomorrow. Is it still bow season in Massachusetts? Yeah, it's, it's all throughout. Yeah, it's, it's it's gun season. I, I don't pick up the guns. Yeah. It's you, you can't beat the fan of, of throwing an arrow at a deer. Until you shoot him with a gun. No. <laughs> no, no. I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it yet, so I can't say no to that yet. <laughs> I don't know, man. We had Justin up in up in Turkey camp and he, he shot he shot a turkey with the TSS and it was a whole different ball game. <laughs> done. Done. No ball this year. All gone, dude. <laughs> no. That's that would have been a completely different story if that's the case. Like when you first saw that buck and in, in your story and you reach for the grunt call as he's going up the ridge you wouldn't have been reaching for the grunt call you would have just grabbed the shotgun and it would have been over right there you know well, yeah, that's what makes it beautiful no but it's uh it's more of a i don't know there's something about drawing back on on a deer and running up through your peep side you know getting your pin on it and everything it's like i've killed a couple of deer with, with a gun and and for me it's it's not the same you know no. it's like i i chase that high of doing it with the bow so that's that's kind of what i stick with no, I I'd have to agree with you there. Like it's it's we're all all four of us are diehard bow hunters, right? But like and that's we live and die by the bow, but like there there's something about we talk about camaraderie like doing deer drives with the boys on a Saturday morning, Thanksgiving, Christmas and you get out there and you start doing a drive with the shotguns. All right, the camaraderie, the nostalgia part of it, amazing, yeah. right? But you I'm not I'm not into going and hunting with a shotgun. It's not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Or late season muzzleloader in the snow. Like it's just the it's that kind of thing, but for the most part, the bow hunting's where it's at. To put that deer in less than 25 yards to take a shot at it, dude, like I mean, your deer was 17 yards. Like that's incredible. Like to be able to see that thing. I mean, you can see that thing breathe. It's so cold out. You know what I'm saying? And that takes a lot. It takes a lot to put them in in that close. It really does to put yourself in the right predicament. So, absolutely. Well, guys, we appreciate you jumping on with us, man. Congratulations on just an absolute amazing buck, a great story, the camaraderie, everything else, man. Congratulations, and hopefully you knock down another one tomorrow, bro. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? It's like I got another buck tag to fill. Hopefully, we can get it done. Absolutely. And for everybody else, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive. <laughs>